Raptor Shootaround, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca. Jim Taddy with you until noon, followed by Leafs Lunch with Andy Petrillo, followed by Game Day with Matt Cause, followed by Overdrive with the boys, followed by the pregame show, Dwayne Watson and myself, live from Scotiabank Arena, followed by the game call, Paul Jones and Jack Armstrong, followed by the postgame. So an extensive day of Raptors coverage here on TSN 1050. And who better to help us out now? The voice of reason, Sherman Hamilton, is here from our broadcast crew. Sherm, how are you? I'm good, Jim. How you doing? Very good. This is an exciting day, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's absolutely an exciting day. And uh, the buildup has been phenomenal. And, and we've seen so much activity surrounding this, this final series in the city and in this country. It, it's just been unbelievable to experience. And yesterday at Media Day, the droves of media that were there <laughs> is something that you only see on TV when you watch the final. So it's real special and on so many levels. And the fact is our city and our country is going to get a lot of exposure due to this. Uh, it's just great. And, and, you know, the luck of the draw, and they earned it, uh, you know, the Raptors with the better record hosting game one. That is special, isn't it? No, it's, it's very special when you talk about having the chance to start a finals out on your home floor. That potentially gives you the upper hand. And I think it allows them to be a bit more calm. But overall, just to know that you have a better record, you've done the work in the regular season and you now have the chance to host the former champs or the reigning champs excuse me for the finals championship that that's just a test that's just a testament to how hard you've worked and and how good you've been consistently all season long i mean this is i mean it's a big game no question about that and we'll analyze what could happen shortly but but the moment you know when this game starts uh, as you said the nba family is here this is an nba event and so uh, in any nba championship series uh, you get to honor the past and, and i don't know what the raptors have planned but but i would suggest that we'll be introduced to some key players from the past and there'll be some nice moments in-house tonight and i'm really looking forward to that because you know the the the, the, the line here is 24 years Years later, uh, you, you get to the big dance, and you know there's been a lot of uh, people that have contributed along the way. And I know Masai Jury pointed that out yesterday, but it'll be nice to see some familiar faces, won't it? Oh, 100%. And you think about it, Jim, it's going to be the who's who of basketball royalty when you talk about over the course of the finals, whether it be in Toronto or in Oakland at the arena there. So it's going to be one of those things where the exposure that Raptor fans and the Raptor public is going to get to seeing these people in our country, in our city, and, and, and actually have a chance to connect with them potentially. You know, I, I think it's going to be huge. And, and for the NBA, this is a big, big moment. I mean, this is the first time the finals are being played outside of the U.S. And, and you talk about trying to figure out a template to expand the game globally. This will be a good little template for them to look at ways of doing it if they want to go to London, if they want to go to Spain, if they want to go somewhere else. How can they make it viable? And having the finals in Toronto is really giving them a taste of that, a kind of a, a early experience to see if it can really work on other levels. Yeah, I guess the, the, cynic, the cynical person would say, well, it's, it's a one-off, but no, this is just the start, isn't it? I believe so. I, and again, a lot of it hinges on the ability to keep Kawhi in Toronto but if he does stay, there's no reason why people wouldn't expect that Toronto would be a perennial contender to go to the finals. So I just think that, to your point, if, if everything stays intact and the Raptors make a few moves to make themselves a bit stronger, there's no reason to not believe that this could be a team that could be battling for the finals every season. Okay, well, let's talk about the game. And I don't know what the matchups would be. You, you would be better clued into that. How do you see the matchups starting and how do you see them being tweaked? 
it's going to be interesting because, you know, the question is, will DeMarcus Cousins be available for game one? Uh, will OG Ananobi for the Raptors be able to play in this series? There's just so many moving parts. Is Kevin Durant going to go come back during this series? But I think initially we're going to see Kawhi is going to have to deal with either Clay Thompson or Steph Curry at some point. Kyle Lowry is going to have to deal with, with probably Steph Curry. Uh, I think that the front court for the Raptors are going to have some issues in terms of when Golden State goes really, really small. Can you play a Marcus Gasol? Can you play a Serge Ibaka in those lineups? I think Pascal's value increases exponentially because of his versatility. And then your perimeter guys have to be very good. I mean, Danny Green is going to have to be very good. You might see Nick Nurse even go deeper into the roster to use some length uh, to see if a Patrick McCall might be able to help out with his length and understanding who Golden State was from playing with them. It's just the, the movement in this series is really going to be interesting to see how Nick Nurse really goes after it from the jump and then see what adjustments have to be made from there. Uh, the, the comment you made about Siakam is intriguing to me. How could he evolve in this series? Well, first of all, as you know, Jim, Pascal has been phenomenal. He's kind of just wowed us every step of the way throughout the regular season and the playoffs. I think in this series, it's going to be very vital for Pascal to, number one, be able to make his shots. If they're going to gap him and, and dare him to shoot the ball like we saw Philadelphia do, we saw Milwaukee do, he's going to have to make some shots. The other side of it is defensively, the Raptors like to switch. And if they switch, what Golden State has like to do is they like to get those guards being defended by big bodies. Well, Pascal still has the vertical, excuse me, the lateral quickness and the mobility to move his feet in front of those guys and contest shots. That was a distinct advantage for Golden State throughout their playoff run. They won't have that clear of an advantage when Pascal's out there because he can move his feet defensively. The other side of it is Pascal's probably going to be defended by Draymond Green, and Draymond Green is such an integral part of what Golden State does. He's going to have to attack that matchup. He's going to have to go after him, be a physical, be aggressive, and force Draymond Green to defend him, potentially get him in, getting him into foul trouble. So I just think Pascal's ability in this series is really going to be emphasized, and he's going to have to play at a very high level. I mean, I don't think I'd be too off track to say that Draymond Green is, is a, a major concern, but you can get under his skin, can't you? Yeah, he's had those moments where his emotions get the best of him, and he's kind of taken himself out of situations. So... There's no question if, if you're aggressive with him and, and maybe have a few words with him and, and get the officials to have a few whistles against him, you have a chance to kind of take Draymond Green out of the element of helping his team. Now, in the past he's done it. He says he's learned from it, but he's still an emotional player. So I just think attacking Draymond Green is a crucial thing to do because he's so valuable to what Golden State Warriors try to get done. It was interesting when you go back to the, the Sixers series and certainly the Bucks as, as how the Raptors evolved, uh, ran into some roadblocks, made a lot of adjustments, and they, they really paid off, especially against the Bucks. I mean, anytime you win four straight in a conference final, that, that's remarkable, especially when you're down 2-0. and how do, you, how do you see the Raptors evolving throughout the course of this series? Well, I think, number one, they, they're going to have to understand that Golden State is going to be a different animal than any of the teams they've played in the playoffs. I mean, they're an elite, elite shooting team, and, and they do it on, in so many ways, and they're a very good defensive team, which I don't think they get enough credit for. Uh, I think the adjustments for the Raptors are going to have to be very quick because I'll use the word spurtability of the Golden State Warriors at any moment. It's lethal. They can bring off 12, 15, 20-point runs in a heartbeat. 
So you have to be aware and have to be able to adjust in those moments. I think you have to be physical with Golden State. That's something that has to be consistent. And then you're going to have to be able to, while you want to run and you want to play with tempo, take the air out of the ball at times to prevent Golden State from being that team against you. So it's unlike any series they've played. I think that the adjustments are going to have to be more immediate against Golden State instead of waiting for a timeout or waiting for halftime or waiting for the next game to adjust. The in-game adjustments have to be very quick and they have to be executed at a high level. Uh, my one concern, Sherm, I, I think you might agree, was in the, certainly in the Bucks series, a number of open looks that didn't drop. I don't think you can get away with that against the Warriors. Oh, you're correct, Jim. You've got to make shots against the Golden State Warriors. Now, the Raptors have been very good in the playoffs. They've been holding opponents to under 42% and under 100 points per game. But as I said, this Golden State Warrior team is very different. You can't get away with not shooting the ball well. So they're going to have to score the basketball. And to your point, the open shots need to be made because the contested ones are going to be that much more difficult with the pace of the game at times. So you've got to capitalize on those opportunities. And and Golden State is a team that if you're not able to put points on the board, you can't just think that you're just going to completely choke them out like you've done to Milwaukee and the Philadelphia 76ers and Orlando for that matter. Well, and the other scary thing is, I mean, come on, the backcourt, the, the Warriors' backcourt, the flick of the wrist and that's an automatic three. That That's tough to defend against, isn't it? Well, it is. And, and you think about it, without Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson is scoring about five more points per game. And that's just only in five games that Kevin Durant hasn't played. So... You better believe in this series without Kevin Durant. Those two guys, the volume of shots that they're going to take is going to go up even more. And as you said, especially with those two guys, it literally is the flick of a wrist and three points are on the board. And it's not just from the three-point line. It's from 10 feet behind the three-point line for that matter. So defending them is very difficult. You've got to be engaged and you've got to really match their energy and their intensity in terms of the relentlessness to get open. And who, whomever's defending them as primary defenders has to be committed to chasing, to being physical, to bodying them up off the screens, and making sure you don't get hung up because they will make you pay. As you said, an inch of space, that shot's up and in. Sure, isn't it remarkable that, uh, the, I mean, the three-point line has been around for a long time, and only with the success of the Warriors has this been a league-wide uh, sort of effect in terms of everybody developing that part of the game. Certainly the Raptors, I mean, you go back a number a, a couple of years ago, and, and they didn't have much of a three-point game. It is kind of interesting that it would take this long for everybody to buy into that. Well, it is and it isn't, Jim. When you think about it, this league is a league of trends, and, and, and it takes a while for a trend to catch on. And also... Guys have to be able to shoot the basketball for everyone to buy in. And sure. because we've, saw, we've seen the most elite shooters on the same team as Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, it's hard to duplicate that because you go through a phase of guys who aren't great shooters that are taking shots that they shouldn't take, but that's the flow. That's kind of the evolution of the game. And then you get to the point where guys become better shooters and better shooters play on the same team. And all of a sudden now you see a more consistent volume of made threes. So, it takes a while for it to take to dig in, and teams have to build teams accordingly. But we just got a very, very quick look into two of probably the best shooters to ever play the game on the same team, and everybody thought, well, that's the way to do it. Well, hold on. You don't have two of the best shooters to ever play the game, so you probably have to take your time to build to that, and that's what we're seeing most teams do now. Uh, Sherm, just before we let you go, do you have a serious prediction? You know, it, it might sound weird and it might sound homerish to say, but... I think the Raptors can get this. I think they can win this this 
this championship, and, and it will take six or seven games, but I, I, I believe that they have a chance to win this. So I'm going to go with the Raptors in six or seven. Sherm, thanks very much. We'll see you tonight. All right. Thanks a lot, Jim. That's Sherman Hamilton. Uh, at Sherman Hamilton is the Twitter account, and he is part of our broadcast crew. And so he came up with an O'Reilly guy. He said six or seven. That's definitely O'Reilly guy. I like that. And so, you know, there, there's that feeling. You know, there was, I think there was a lot of fear getting into the final from some people, and all of a sudden people like Sherm can, uh, can say that it can happen maybe six or seven. Well, that's going to be absolutely intriguing. That three-point uh, thing, I go back to it time and time again because the last time I did the Raptors on a regular basis was three years ago, and, and it was Lou Williams. It was, well, there's Lou. There's the three. And that's all they had. Uh, but now you see people working on this. And uh, obviously, you know, when you have Thompson and, and Curry, and it is a flick of the wrist, you'll see it tonight. Uh, it's, it goes in so easy. It, it absolutely, it's stunning. And you go, wow. And, you know, that's what these guys do. And, and that's, that's a big part of the game. I mean, you knock down a three and, and you get a stop at the other end and, and suddenly another three goes in. It's a six-point sway. That can happen really fast. And they can go on runs. And, and that will happen. So we'll be interested to see what, what happens. Uh, Tim Bontomps will be by from ESPN next. You're listening to Raptors Shoot Around on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, and the TSN and iHeartRadio apps.